Hello dear listener, you're listening to New Game Plus, the internet's 42nd leading gaming podcast. I am your host, Dan. And your co-host, Antonio. And this week, we're going to take it a little easy. We're going to talk about a you know a single topic this time. And we're going to talk about um, tactical RPGs that we enjoy. Yes. Or tactical games in general. Yeah, you know, real-term strategy, just stuff, stuff of that similar nature. Yeah, we kind of brought this up because both me and Antonio, we, we've been pretty much in deep in Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh my god, this game. <laughs> it's a really good game in general, not just a good Fire Emblem game. Yeah, I mean, granted, like, it's, I think, probably my new favorite Fire Emblem. This is This is exactly what I was hoping it was going to be. Well, let's kind of kick it off there. What was your first Fire Emblem game? Uh, Awakening. <laughs> I, I'm always a little like ashamed to admit, but yeah, I, I was one of the fans who was pulled in because of the new like anime-esque storylines and, and all that fancy stuff. All the waifus and husbandos. Yeah. But I, I, but I stayed for the fun gameplay and the, and the, and the story and like the stories and whatnot. Like, I'm also, I'm also, uh, I, I had heard about Fire Emblem since high school. Like, my friend lent me Fire Emblem, well, in Japan it was Fire Emblem 7. Uh, here it was the first Fire Emblem that was here in America. Um, and I tried it, but I, I couldn't really get into it. And, like, I was always really afraid about messing up or doing something wrong because my friend had, like, prefaced this with, like, oh, this game is so, like, like it's it's so extreme. Like if you if if your characters lose all the hit, their health and they die, they're gone for good, like permanently in the story. Was that kind of your first exposure to a permanent game? Yes, absolutely. And it it terrified me to the point of I I didn't want to play it, which is why Awakening was such a a wonderful stepping point because I played on casual mode the very first time. Hmm. I mean, for me, I think my first exposure to Fire Emblem was, for a lot of people, especially here in the U.S., was probably because of Melee. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see, when you finally unlock Marth and Roy, and you're wondering, who, who the hell are these two? Who is Marth and Roy? Why, why, are they, why are they these characters? But their sword play is really cool. Mm-hmm. And like, what the hell is Fire Emblem? Oh, well, I'll never know about that. And next thing you know, we got the Game Boy Advance. We have the first yeah, Fire Emblem 7. Uh, I forgot what the subtitle was in Japan, but... Wait, did... Wait, did... Did Melee come out before Fire Emblem actually came to America? Yes. That was the only reason why Fire... I, I honestly believe that was the only reason why Fire Emblem came out in America is because people were interested in the game because of Melee. Wow. Which is ironic because the first game that came to America didn't feature Marth or Roy. Mm-mm. It was um, Lynn, wasn't it? Lynn and Elliewood, Roy's mm-hmm. father. Mm-hmm. But for me, and, I, and then I, that's when they started playing it also, but um, shame on me, I played it on an emulator. It, hey, you know what? That's fine. <laughs> it's because I couldn't really afford games on the Game Boy Advance at the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was a, for me, it was a genre I didn't know I wanted. Because at the time, like, I was playing on the bus, and I just needed a good game to kill time, and that happened to be the perfect game for that. Mm. I can I can definitely see 
why a Fire Emblem game would be a perfect, like, on-the-go sort of thing, just because of how it's structured. Like, you have your story points generally marked um, in between by, like, small, well, not necessarily small sometimes, uh, but more, like, you know, quick chess-like battles that you can, like, either pause or save in the middle of and things like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... For me, it kind of started the appeal of tactics games because, you know, unlike a RPG, a, t- a traditional RPG, you actually had to move around. You had to use the right moves. You had to use the right weapons. You actually had to think in a strategic set- setting. You know, I don't know how else to explain that. Yeah, you couldn't. You couldn't just send the guy. You you couldn't just send this one guy that was really big and beefy into like the mon and into the monsters or into the enemies and be like, yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> and yeah, I played um, Fire Emblem Seven. I played uh, Sacred Stones. I played a uh, a translated ROM of uh, Fire Emblem. Uh, uh, what was it? Um, Binding Blade, which is the game that Roy came in from. Mm-hmm. And then I. I think I've played nearly every Fire Emblem game since then. I played uh, Shadow Dragon on the DS. Um, I Radiant love that Dawn. game. Radiant Dawn also. Um, I never played any GameCube ones because I never had a GameCube. Mm. So sorry, all you Ike fans. That's. I think Sacred Stones. Sacred Stones on GameCube. No, that was Path of Radiance. No, I was a uh, Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn. Hmm. Hmm. So why don't we talk about uh, what about and you said you started on Awakening, right? Yes. And I know a lot of people will probably would you know scoff at that, saying, "Oh, you just liked Awakening because of the waifus." Like, well, guys, it got him through the, he got his foot in the door, but he still stayed for the actual core gameplay, which is what the appeal of Fire Emblem is. Mm-hmm. No one can really blame me for that. Yeah, like I, I, I again, I'm, I'm, I played on the like the not the like super easiest difficulty but i played on like it was normal casual was my very first one and i remember playing through that game and and loving the story loving the fact that i could kind of like you know kind of self-insert but um more importantly i more than anything else like the the part of the story that gripped me was the fact that i was an important character but I wasn't the main character. Yeah, because um, the Fire Emblem Seven, the first Game Boy Advance one, you were a tactician character, but that was it. You never really showed up in the game. You just, but everyone would talk to you. It's, it was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. You were just the guy that moved the pieces around because you knew what you were doing. And the games following that until um, Awakening, uh, it just you just controlled the main characters. There wasn't really a self-insert character. Mm-hmm. Oh, were you always a tactician in all of the other ones? Just some. No, it was actually. I, if, I'm, if I'm wrong, please correct me. But um, um, it wasn't after Binding Blade, um, Fire Emblem Seven. Um, ever since uh, since then, you just played as the main character. You know, you'll just, oh. just control the main character. There wasn't there wasn't a self insert, and mm. that. And I think uh, Fire Emblem Seven, Awakening, Fates, and Three Houses. Those were the only ones where self insert characters. Hmm. And I, I, I don't really feel right using the term self-insert because they're, they're supposed to be actual characters. Yeah. And honestly, I'd, I'd go... I'd be kind of wary to call 
uh, Byleth, a a self insert, the the main character in, um, in Three Houses. This is where we may disagree, <laughs> mm-hmm. because Byleth to me is the blankest of blank slates. Yeah, male or female. Mm. Well, like the, like there is that amount of customization that you can do, um, and and yeah, it is true that I named him after myself. So like in a way, and you can choose the responses. So I guess yeah, in that aspect, it is a self insert, but it's not like, um, well, I, okay, I know it's I know people are gonna, gonna probably get caught up on pedantics, but to me, like, uh, self insert versus an avatar character, I guess is the are the main differences. Okay, between, fair enough. Between Awakening slash Fates and things like like Seven, I think it was Blazing Blade if it was Elwood. Um, uh, but between Seven and Three Houses. Oh. So the reason why I kind of started talking about fire, um, you know, this started up a discussion of tactics games in general like other than fire emblem what is your kind of experience with uh, tactical rpgs or strategy rpgs in general um i know i've watched a lot of my friends play things like final fantasy tactics Um, that is a fantastic game i was actually going to bring that up mm -hmm. that's like like it's kind of hard to bring up a tactics rpg and not literally bring up the tactics rpg like in the title um I don't know much about tactics, admittedly, other than it's just, it's good. Uh, And the other one that comes to mind is actually like XCOM. Okay. Uh, We're going to, I feel like we need to go through some of these in order. So (laughs) start with tactics. Yeah, let's talk about tactics. So for me, I think that was a lot of people's first exposure to strategy RPGs. Even before Um, Fire Emblem. Yes, because that came out on the original PlayStation. Oh, uh, for a lot of people, it was the first exposure to like job classes, um, planning out your attacks, uh, you know, team up move, team team, you know, using wise team ups. And it was actually out character go- growth in the future. Like, oh, okay, I want to build this guy to be, you know, a more tanky character because that seems to be what his stats are more geared towards. I want this guy to be like a mage. Mm-hmm. And combine that with a very very epic story. Like, you know, you thought Game of Thrones is, like, really deep and lore-filled. Try to follow tactics a bit, because um, it is a very... It's not... Who, I wouldn't even call it a kid-friendly story. It's really a, it's a really adult story. Who who designed tactics? Because I want to say that whoever initially, like, did the storyboarding for tactics also did some stuff in um, FF14. Okay, that so the designer simple. of uh, tactics was a person named uh, Hiroyuki Ito. Yes, I wa- I definitely I think he did the Return to Ivalice raid actually, in back in the Stormblood series, or at least he was like one of the lead developers on that part. Yeah, because I see here he's worked on a bunch of different Final Fantasy games as uh, various uh, supervisors and designers. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Final Fantasy Tactics, um, it, you know, it, there's a great port of it for the PSP called the Ward Alliance, mm. which I really would love a Switch port of that. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Easy money, Nintendo. Easy money, Square Enix. What? And it, uh, it spawned a different, uh, its own series. We had Final Fantasy uh, Tactics Advanced, 
and mm. Final Fantasy Tactics A2 on the DS, which I loved. Well, what about Tactics Ogre? That is a different series. Oh, really? Yes. Huh. Tactics Ogre. Okay, so uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I just love the um, the title of the sequel. Um, so it's Tactics Ogre. Let us cling together. I, I just huh. I don't know why I love that title. Wow. But that's pretty much the same. I I don't want. I think I actually did use the same engine as uh, Tactics, Final Fantasy Tactics. Mm-hmm. In fact, let me see which came out first. Uh, let's see, Tactics Ogre, let's clean together. Nineteen ninety five, ninety eight. Oh, so oh, Tactics Ogre came out first. Wow. Um, and the other game that we mentioned, XCOM. Mm. Yeah. So I have history with this game. Do you now? Yes. Um, I never played the original um, uh, computer game uh, that came out in the early nineties. Mm. But I've, and I'll be honest, I never really heard of the series until I was watching a YouTuber I used to follow. Follow. He had a just a violent, violent rage-filled reaction to a game called um. What's it called? XCOM. Enemy Unknown. Not, not that one. It's uh XCOM. It was the first person shoot, like the the third person shooter. Oh, I didn't realize it was the third person shooter for XCOM. It wasn't okay. So there it is. Wow. XCOM, XCOM the Classified. Oh. It was meant to be a reboot of the XCOM series, and it was going to be a third person shooter and this guy had the most violent reaction ever to the news because he loved the original game he, he literally yelled out betrayal on the e3 floor wow and like at uh, e3 while it was announced <laughs> for or, a video i think it was for oh, a video mm, okay but and he wasn't alone a lot of people who loved the original XCOM just downvoted the shit out of the original like trailer video mm-hmm. and probably because of that response 2k games they released a game called xcom enemy unknown which is a i don't want to say remake but a xcom game modeled off the original um original tactical rpg uh game mm-hmm. and that came out on you know, just about everything, uh, PC, Xbox, PlayStation. I played it first on the Xbox because I didn't really have a computer that could run games well at the time. Mm-hmm. And I sank, last time I checked, before I stopped playing it, I sank about 100 hours of into that game. Holy crap. I love the XCOM series. It is absolutely my favorite not just tactical game, but my favorite game, one of my favorite game series of all time. Mm-hmm. So what's fun about the XCOM series is the not just the solid, um, you know, combat, the solid uh, base uh, building elements. It's the customization. The fact that you could create just about anybody you want in this game, in terms of like you know looks, uh, armor. I made so many of my friends in the XCOM, and I'm not a sin to say this. I have accidentally led to their deaths. Yeah, I've. I I remember watching a, a friend of mine in college actually do something similar, where where, uh, 
he made all of his friends uh, people in XCOM and, mm-hmm. and then just played. And it was, and it was I, fun watching him. Yeah, it's, it's such a fun game. I lose so many hours playing that game. And it's the first game I played that wasn't on a, like a portable console. Hmm. In terms of our, our tactical art games. Um, I even, when I finally got a good PC, I actually bought it for PC. Nice. And that one got a respectable um, about, let me see, let me check my Steam real quick. Uh, my XCOM game on PC is 25 hours. So, you know, not as much as my Xbox, but that's because I played it so many times there already. Mm-hmm. You still gave it a little bit of love when you actually were able to get it on PC. Mm-hmm. Now, cut fast forward to about, what is it? Uh, hold on, XCOM 2. XCOM 1 came out in 2012. XCOM 2 came out in 2016. Now, since that uh, release date, and shocker, I was literally day one buy for me. Mm-hmm. How many hours would you guess that I spent on XCOM 2? Uh, in the four-year gap? Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm going to say about 500 hours? Close, 250. Oh. That's still a lot of hours. A lot of hours, and it's an even better game. And 50 of those hours were because of the expansion that they added, that late game expansion, uh, War of the Chosen. Oh, nice. I cannot recommend the XCOM series enough. It's just... What's, what's, what's fun about the XCOM series is when you talk to other people who play the game, no two stories are the same. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their own war stories. Everyone has their horror stories. Everyone talk about like the time they had a ninety percent hit rate, uh, hit chance on an enemy, literally point blank range, with a shotgun, and they still miss because, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's, that's the thing I've heard about XCOM, um, kind of similar to how like Fire Emblem was, is that XCOM can be pretty brutal at times, but it also does kind of make sense considering that you're up against this very powerful alien like menace and you're humans i don't know how much sense is uh, missing a uh, giant eight foot blob monster with a shotgun when you're standing right in front of it but hey to each their own so you're saying okay so the so the so it's not that the the game itself is super hard it's just that rng can be a very cruel cruel mistress Yes, RNG is not your friend in the XCOM series. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I am chomping at the bit for the follow-up game, that's for sure. I am. Every E3... Nope. You're just... You're waiting. I'm waiting with... I'm holding my breath. I am holding my breath. Is this like... I feel like this is your... Uh, this is this is your version of my hope for just give me a new F-Zero Nintendo, please. Yeah, was, but mine can actually happen. I mean, <laughs> you right? I'm not even, even going like, to argue against I, you. I, I immediately felt bad. I'm so uh, sorry. No, it's it's no, it's fine. I guess Nintendo just doesn't want my money. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, right. We still have GX. It's still a good game. Hey, at least you got an anime out of it. <laughs> yeah, that was fucking. That was fucking great. <laughs> I want to follow that. A little bit of a sidetrack here, but. I want to talk about the lore of F-Zero, specifically the lore of Captain Falcon, 
because I recently watched the YouTube series and I found out that Captain Falcon isn't a person. It's a title. Yes. That is nuts. Yeah, it's it's a fucking oh my god. So I know we've been talking about a lot about like turn-based uh, tactical RPGs. Mm-hmm. Have you ever played like any of the RTS style uh, uh, tactical games, like say um, the Advanced Wars? Not Advanced Wars. I'm talking about stuff like uh, God damn it! I'm gonna uh, Total War. Mm, I have not. I think the closest thing that I could come to something like that is um, like. Age of Empires, I guess, but like I, I, I hesitate to call. I mean, I know it is technically a real time strategy because it's. I mean, it, in the I mean, I would consider it like, that. Yeah, in in the aspect that you would call, you can call uh, Starcraft like a real time strategy. Well, let's see what uh, what Steam classifies Age of Empires real quick. Mm-hmm. It classifies that as a RTS. Oh well, then, I mean. <laughs> I always considered like resource management games like that, like kind of their own genre. But I guess resource management can be is just like a very umbrella term, and and RTS would be much better. I mean, I consider resource management to be a like a mechanic of a game, not just its own genre. Hmm. I never really see it as the focus of a game. I got you. Yeah, that's understandable. Oh, so so then, yeah, uh, Age of Age of Empires three. I think is the one that I put a bunch of hours in in high school. I don't know why it is, but I could never really get into RTSs. Same. Same. I think for me, it's because I get I found myself overwhelmed by the amount of stuff they have to like manage. Yeah, like like you can generally like if you if you play the game on like a single player like campaign thing, you can kind of go more at your own pace and kind of do your own thing. Then you start putting like a multiplayer element into it, and like now it's like, all right, I hope you know the the efficient steps for building this, and then build this, and then build this. And you got to put this thing right next to this thing to increase efficiency for this, and you got to know the recipes for this. And it's like it's it's so it it can get a lot. It can get to the point where you need to memorize a lot of different like stratagems and and like counterplays your opponent's strategy. Like it's. It's really cool to watch. Like, if you ever watched like competitive StarCraft, it can get pretty nuts. Even if you don't know exactly what's going on, like, like it's 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 an absolute joy to watch people's like physical reactions, like clicking mm-hmm. and click times, and just all these like clicking and dragging stuff. It's it's insane. What do you think is the real appeal of tactical uh, games like this? Um, I would say that it's something like a like a, a constant immersion or, or a constant sense of being in control. There's always something to do. Mm. You know, there's there's never like there shouldn't ever really be much of a downtime where you're just like, okay, I'm gonna sit down and just let my let my people gather. Like in the beginning, maybe when it's slow. But like when you when once you get the the ball rolling, you know you gotta, you know send troops out, send things to you know go forage or get fuel or whatever, get get resources, uh, send people out exploring, send people out to conquer or attack your enemy, you know, and you're and you're constantly moving the camera back and forth of like checking in on everybody's different squadron. 
And I, I want to say it's kind of like that, that thrill, I guess, of, of being able to control multiple facets, like a, like, uh, like kind of like the thrill of spinning plates, you know, that, wow. That is a very apt metaphor right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me also tactical RPGs, especially games like XCOM or fire emblem or the Disgaea series, there's, there's a series right there that mm-hmm. I've sunk a lot of hours into. Um, they allow me to it's it's a weird it's weird at the same time i'm like i'm thinking about every move i i actually am strategizing but at the same time i'm turning my brain off mm-hmm. because i find myself just especially if I, if I have a chance to grind i'll just start grinding and then i'll just play a random video on youtube or something like that and i'll that's how i lose most of my hours mm-hmm. and I, it's a it's a weird thing to think about because how is it that you can turn your brain off but play a complex RPG? Mm. And I feel that kind of has to do with the, like, as you play the game, you'll get more and more used to the system. And this can apply for either turn-based or real-time. Is, you know, eventually you're going to get used to the system. You're going to realize, okay, these units can move this far. These units can do this thing. And they pair really well with these units. Um, or like, you know, I want to use these particular people or this particular attack and this strategy. And like, eventually you'll kind of get like a generic playbook of like, okay, this is happening. I'm going to do this. Like I can, I can, I can tell you, I've actually turned my brain off on a couple of just the side battles in, in even like in three houses, because I'll just be like, let's see here. Oh, the heavy armor. Yeah. I'm just going to send my mage over there. She'll nuke, and then you know I'll, I'll drag her out or something, or you know oh there's mages there. Let me send my my priest over there to resist all the mage spells and just draw them out so that I can kill them. It's like that's easy. Or like oh I I should level up these other characters. I'll spend a couple of hours yeah making, like catching here, them here's up. There's a bunch of characters that I haven't really used, but I want to get to know more. But or I I, I want to pair these. Use... I want to build these two supports up. <laughs> They're going to be staying next to each other this whole time. Yeah. You know, and at that point, it's like a, you know, it's not that much of a rush to do the objective. You want to actually, you know, at that point, it almost becomes its own, like, individual challenge run where it's like, okay, I want to build up the support. Okay, so I want to be able to do this with these two characters dealing pretty much all the damage for this entire map. How can I do that and not put them in danger and not risk them dying? Can I ask you something? Are you playing on casual or on uh, actual traditional mode for uh, I am playing on classic this time for three houses. Oh, you finished uh, your first playthrough? Uh, no, I am oh, still okay. halfway through my first. So, okay. Um, I, I played casual on Awakening. I started with casual on um, Fates on Birthright. I then switched to classic for uh, Conquest and Revelations. Um, because I, I realized that um, whenever somebody died in Classic, I was sad because I couldn't grind them up for experience at that exact moment. So I usually ended up restarting anyway. So I'm like, if I'm already doing that, then I might as well do Classic because I'm pretty much playing Classic at that point. So, Yeah, I may be playing like casual, but... Uh... I can tell you, I've never been at risk for losing characters because I over I overgrind like hell. Mm-hmm. And there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. I'm glad that they have that 
ability to. Like, I know there's a lot of, like, contention. There's always been contention about the whole, quote-unquote, purity of Fire Emblem. And it's still there. Like, you don't have to do the extra grindy battles if you don't want to. You don't have to do the endless grind. You know? There, that, that part, I would say, is mainly for people who either want to really get ahead in resources or money or just want to be kind of overpowered so that they can enjoy the story. Because the story itself is a really big facet of pretty much any Fire Emblem game. Well, you didn't say that about Fates. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Okay, look. I don't remember much about Fates. Not to like I, I, I give fate shit. Like everybody gives fate shit. I, I feel like fates is kind of like the black sheep of the series. Uh for a variety of different reasons. And I can I can harp on fates if you really want me to. Do you want me to test if, your theory there? Well what okay. What was the name of that last fire in the game on the 3DS? I, I don't on the 3DS? Mm-hmm. Uh, Gaiden? Was that what it was called? Yeah, uh, Fire Emblem Echoes, technically. It was the... Ah. Damn, I was hoping they can catch you with that. (laughs) (laughs) I I remember it as the the remake for Gaiden. But it's like, I've heard a lot of good things about Echoes. (laughs) People were like, oh, like, what is this? And I'm like, oh, this is the remake for, like, one of the very first Fire Emblem games. Again, I may not have played it, but I do do my research at least. Okay, fine. I, plus, plus, I have a friend that that cosplays from that series, and it's like I feel like I would be remiss to not at least know of it. All right. So as we're winding down, um, what are some other ta- like tactical game series that you would recommend? Mm, mm, let's see here. The, besides the one that we've talked about. Um, well, I, I have heard the Advanced War series is really, really good. And I've never really gotten into it myself, but I've, I've heard that it's been, it's just been fantastic. So it's a, it's a game that's been on my radar for a good while. Um, there is a game that recently came out, um, came out on the Switch, and I also think it's on PC also, is uh, Wargroove. Oh, yes! And apparently, that is basically the new Advance Wars for yes. this generation. I, I forgot about that one. I'm, I was, I was in the middle of starting to play that, and then Fire Emblem came out. Oh, <laughs> what's fun about that game is you can actually create your own uh, maps. Oh yeah, that's right. You can create, you can create your own like scenarios and and missions and stuff. And it blowed them online. Yes, it did. Or no, I'm sorry. I thought you said it blowed up online, and I'm like, yeah, it did. <laughs> I was just like, were you listening? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's uh, my recommendation. That's on my uh, back burner because, again, so many other games came out. But I, I'm i sure once I actually start playing it, I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, honestly, anything from the Nippon Ichi team? Um, sorry, uh, any. That's usually published by NIS. So the Disgaea series. Um, Unleashing Fan- Ranger was actually the the first NIS game. I think the, it might have been the only in that NIS game that I played. Uh, Unleashing Ranger versus Dark Death Evil Man for the PSP. Oh, geez. That's that's a dungeon crawler to me. I don't really consider that a tactical RPG. Mm, I got you. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so things like uh, Deskaya, Phantom Brave. There's a, anything in that series is fantastic anime style RPGs that you can turn your brain off and just let yourself grind. And I mean, NIS just makes pretty damn good games. They do. They really do. Uh, the Valkyria Chronicle series. That's pre- that's really good. Mm-hmm. If you like your tactic RPGs to have a bit more uh, gameplay variety, because that's kind of played like a third person shooter, kind of. Hmm. Well, here's the thing: like you're not actually, con- you know, you're not like pulling a trigger and they shoot. You move hmm. your character, you put them in a position, and then they fire, and you hope they kill in one hit, or at least one attack. Hmm. And then you move them if they got cover if you, if you can. Yeah. So like, at the at the heart of it, it's a tactical RPG, but it plays kind of like third person. Hmm. I think the only other game that I can think of, and this isn't a recommendation, just just if you're if you're gonna look up tactical RPGs, this this one might show up as like a little blip. Uh, I got it. I pre-ordered it because the concept sounded cool, and I I kind of lost interest like halfway through the game. But uh, Codename Steam. It oh yeah, right. it like it's it's a tactical RPG, and it, and it's not that it was bad. It wasn't bad. It just didn't really grab me but i really liked the premise of it because it was like fucking america and like like steampunk old school america with like abe lincoln and there was like an abe lincoln robot or something i don't even remember it was it was pretty zany no, weren't no. you able to like unlock fire emblem characters if you had yeah, amiibos yeah you if you had fire emblem amiibos you could you could scan them in and they would actually be characters in the game that you could use. It's kind of neat. What a weird timeline we live in. It, it was... I feel like that was like the Metal Wolf chaos of of real-time strategy was, was codenamed Steam. And it was... Eh. I don't know if it has that much of a cult following, though. No. it No. No one's maybe clamoring it, maybe... for a codenamed Steam release on the Switch. Maybe if maybe if Platinum Games was behind it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, tactical RPGs, fun, fun genre that I think just about anyone can enjoy in some way or form. Like even if you want like a casual experience, check out Fire Emblem Heroes. And if you're looking for a really really vintage experience, you can always try the original tactics RPG, chess. Oh my god. Am I wrong? You're not. I found, a, I, I found a post on Facebook literally yesterday who was like, uh, yeah, uh, today I found somebody streaming something called uh, Waifuless Fire Emblem. And I was interested, thinking that maybe it was like a male-only run or something. It turns out the guy was just playing chess. <laughs> I'm going to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to argue this because it implies in a tactical RPG you can build up units you can uh, no fuck. You can build up units. Yeah, you can. Chess. Yeah, you can. You turn, can. You can turn your pawns into a queen. God damn it! You can turn your pawns into anything. Everybody always forgets that. Like, like it's not just your pawns become queens. Your pawns can become a rook, a knight, whatever you need them for. Shit, chess is the original tactical RPG. Yeah. <laughs> and and on, that um, on that note. On, yeah, and on that note, thank you guys so much for watching. This, uh, watching, God, I am tired. Yeah, watching, listening, 
we're this recording this late night yeah, for listeners <laughs> um thank you so much for listening to this podcast if you like what we do on um you can please leave us a rating, subscribe, or a comment on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're listening to us from, or you're just listening to us through the website. It would really help us a lot. Uh, Antonio, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on uh, streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Trifecta, and on Facebook and Twitter, also Trifecta. And you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the perpetual player one and on Twitter as perpetual player and on Facebook and Instagram as the perpetual player one. The only reason why I, why is it that oh, inconsistent? Because Twitter had a limit on characters for your username. Yeah. <laughs> you made it work though. I made it work. It's it's still on brand. Mm-hmm. Alright. And until next time, folks, go out there, go do some amazing things, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. It's going to be a fun one. We're going to talk, be talking about the rise and fall, and sort of rise, and the plateau of GameStop. And physical and digital media. Yep. Oh, how the mighty have become used. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, we'll see you guys next week. See you later. <laughs>